0: morning. Welcome to Harvest Bible Church. Let me put my heart down. (laughs) We're so excited you're here with us and online. We do have lots of exciting things happening, lots of announcements. Um, But like Pastor Mark said, Ms. Pam is in kids and she's giving us parents homework. Yes, but it's going to be fun. Trust me. So the kids are actually going to be decorating a heart just like this. They're going to decorate it, and then they're going to take it home, and then you're going to be sent home with this packet, and it's going to be given us parents. We are going to fill it out. There's cutouts inside that you can fill out, and it's just a way to show your children how much you love them, their gifts, how God sees them. And then by the end of the week, it's going to look like this. Oh, I'm sorry. In a month. In a month. Sorry. (laughs) I got excited. This is actually Ms. Pam's to Pastor Mark. (laughs) So you're going to put up a heart every... And the instructions are on the packet, but you're going to put just... All the qualities, all the gifts, everything that we love about our children and how God sees them, and just what a great way to just to surprise them with. Um, And you can also decorate it yourself if you'd like, or add candies to just kind of sweeten it up. (laughs) You can do however you like, but how exciting. So you're going to be going home with their hearts, and don't forget to go home with your homework, fill that out, have fun with it, enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Okay. Also, so put my heart down. Um, We have we have some exciting things happening. We have Tony Cook coming to speak this Wednesday. Yes, it'll be our evening service at seven p.m. If you he is a great speaker. He speaks great even on leadership. Just he has so many things. You will be blessed. So I encourage you to attend. Be this Wednesday at seven p.m. Also, (laughs) we have our uh, HBC business meeting this Thursday at 7 p.m. Yes, our business meeting is we go through all the fun numbers of finances from the past year. Jim hosts the meeting, and if anything, I encourage you, because he does amazing jokes. (laughs) So you got to come for the jokes. He's known for the wonderful jokes. (laughs) But we go over... (laughs) Well, you got to add more this year. you got to add more. Maybe three. <laughs> but we go over all our financial numbers. And then also the vision for this new year um, of, you know, what, what we love to see. God has already done so much, and it's just exciting to see what more to come. So that is this Thursday at 7 p.m. Ladies, for the Ladies 55 Plus group, you have a Valentine's luncheon, which will be hosted at Miss um, Pam's home. It will be on Valentine's Day. You can pick up a flyer right outside in the lobby with with Miss Cecilia. It has all the information, times, address. So if you have any questions, you should be happy to answer them. But again, that is a fun luncheon on Valentine's Day. (laughs) And also, ladies... (laughs) Last one, promise. We have our ladies' breakfast this month. Yes, so exciting. Such a great time to get together, have fun. We're going to have great food. It is going to be the third Saturday, so it's going to be February 19th at 9 a.m. We're going to have an exciting time. Miss Pam will be speaking at our breakfast. Yes, so it's going to be lots of fun things for our kids, for ourselves this month. So I encourage you to come to all. (laughs) Well, that's it for announcements. I encourage everyone to have an amazing Sunday.
1: (laughs) Hallelujah. Actually, that's not it for announcements. I have another announcement, maybe a couple more. (laughs) Another one is is that this coming Sunday, we actually have a guest ministers too. We actually have a couple. It's the Higginbothams and uh, Keith and his his wife there. And so uh, anyways... Uh, they're going to be they're actually run Rayma Thailand yeah the junior high you guys can take off and so uh, they have been over in Thailand for 20 some odd years and we have been supporting them for many many years uh, they're the ones that I did the Bible school by Zoom this past month and uh, they actually—you know—they were supposed to be with us in 2020 in June or July And it got postponed And so they gave me a call and said, hey, guess what? We're allowed to come back into the country, so we're here And I said, sure, come on, we'll have fun So we're going to be an exciting week anyways of what's happening But they're a tremendous blessing He is a, He's going to let you know what all that you guys have done They're very, very active in, uh, in, in Burma and Myanmar, which are countries that I've got to go to and to minister to and to teach in, and Thailand and teach and to help and to do. And so, uh, it, it's uh, you'll be really, really blessed by them. His wife's name is Sharon, and so just uh, uh, I'll be a tremendous blessing about what's going on and what's happening. And then also, just want to reiterate uh, uh, the business meeting here, we're believing you know, God's done great things, He really has, and so we wanted to share. And we want you to come. We know that, you know, sometimes numbers can be boring, but Jim's so fantastic at it, and they're never boring, so it's all good, you know. And some says, well, how come Jim gets to do it? Because everybody else won't. <laughs> and once he got nominated, he's never been unnominated, so he just gets nominated. He he's outvoted every single time. So, um... Praise the Lord. And I do want to thank you all for your prayers for the, uh, for the fire, for Stockton Fire and for the firefighter. Many people have asked, did I know him personally? Yes, I did know him. The the only one consolation is that he did know Jesus Christ He was a, and loved God. So he's in heaven and, you know, the fire department. So they'll be having a big memorial. It's going to be at, at Bannon Park, you know, downtown on Tuesday. And so there'll be tons and tons and tons of people that are there. So anyways... Uh, You know, we just keep them up in prayer, praise God, and allow God to be God in our lives. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to John's Gospel, chapter 2. Amen? And I'm going to let Jesus preach this morning. I'm going to really give you a lot of scriptures this morning. I'm actually just going to go from one scripture to another scripture and share and expound on it, because my title this morning is Jesus Said. How do you know when you have time to read, you can get all messed up? And if you have time to read and to study and to do things, uh, you know, God can pour into you. But you know, how many know the most important thing in the world is the Word of God? It's what God says about every situation of your life. It's not what you, you know, it's not what you think about it. It's not what other people say about it. Really, it's what you say about it. It's what you believe about it. And it's understanding, what do you believe? You know, isn't that amazing that uh, God told us that he rested everything on A simple little word or two simple words called belief or faith. Amen. What do you believe? Amen. You always have to ask yourself, what do I believe? God said all things are possible to him that believe. So when Jesus said that, Jesus said all things are possible to him that believe. Now the key is, is do you believe what Jesus said? Amen. It's amazing how many people believe what Jesus said is true. They believe the Bible is true, but they don't believe it enough to do anything with it. See, when I was raised in church and I was raised to believe that this was infallible, that this was the perfect thing God gave us, that the word of God is so, and it was so valuable. And man, if it's in the Bible, you can just take it to the bank. The key is, is that everybody believed the Bible, but nobody did the Bible. There was a whole bunch of hearers of the word of God, but not a lot of doers because they didn't believe it enough to act upon it. It's kind of like you know the joke of where the guy's hanging on to a branch and he's screaming, is anybody up there to help me? And he's screaming, anybody up there can help me? All of a sudden a voice from heaven says, I can help you. He says, great, what do we need to do? He, And the voice from heaven says, let go. And then all of a sudden the guy's he's hanging on, he turns out, is there anybody else up there that can help me? Because <laughs> God doesn't do it your way. <laughs> God doesn't do it the way you wanted it to be done. David, So it's a very simple, simple thing right here in John. My, this is my keynote verse here this morning. John chapter two. Let's let's get it in context here at yeah, the very first one. John chapter two, verse one says, in the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Jesus answered her and he said, woman, What have I to do with you or with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And his mother says unto the servants, Whatsoever he says to you, do it. That's the biggest key. If we say whatever Jesus says, do it. Whatever Jesus says, do it. Now we know the rest of the story. Jesus tells them, fill them up with water and then go serve it and see what happens. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, we don't get the whole gist of that because if that servant would have just served water to his master, he would have been beaten or thrown in prison. He would have been all kinds of problems. But he did what Jesus said, and they did it, and bam, it turned the water into wine. Amen. And the, you know, and of course, it was like, oh, why well, you saved the best because Jesus doesn't do junk. <laughs> Amen. These, Jesus doesn't do junk. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 5 if you would with me. Go over to Matthew chapter 5. Let's just go to the... And we're going to jump around, hopefully through Bibles. I don't know if they can keep up with me or not because I'm not going to... But Matthew chapter 5, hallelujah, Jesus begins to say some things. And when he, when he first comes in, he, first thing he says, you know... You know, to, well, Matthew chapter five is the Beatitudes, but in Matthew chapter four, the very first thing that he says to when he's going and finding his disciples, when he finds Peter and them, he says, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You know, it's the first thing that Jesus always does to every person, he says, Follow me that we become followers of Jesus. That you know, we, we talk about being Christian, but a lot of people talk about Christian as being Christian just because they believe in, 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 uh, uh, in Jesus. But being a Christian is supposed to be Christ-like. So being a follower of Jesus is somebody who is actually doing what he asks us to do. Amen? Amen. And that's the very first thing we got to tell ourselves all the time. The very first thing Jesus is follow him. So if we're following him, we're following what he said and what he does. Amen? Amen. And we need to do that. Yeah, very simplistic things, very simplistic things, but we forget about what the word of God. Jesus said to his disciples, and Jesus was speaking to, and you know his disciples, they weren't saved. You know that, right? At this time, Jesus was with them. They didn't, he hadn't died. He hasn't risen from the dead, so nobody could be saved. Nobody could be born again. Amen? So they're all under the Old Testament. They're all there, but he's teaching them as men that they, and they're trying to grasp it with their head, and they're having a lot of hard times. Amen. Aren't you glad that we got born again and we can renew our minds because we got the spirit of the living God living on the inside of us. He helps us to figure some things out here. Hallelujah. But look at Matthew chapter 5. You know, right here when it talks about he's up on a mountain, you know, and he went up on a mountain. And when he was set, look what he said. When he was set, his disciples came to him. He's already, seen, but he's teaching this to his disciples. So we're going to let Jesus teach us as his disciples. This morning. We're gonna allow God to open up our hearts to hear, and these are things that we've got to do because we've got to be able to share with the lost and dying world. We've got to also know that these things work. Amen. Because you remember what he said in John chapter you know 16, verse 33, when he said, In the world you're gonna have tribulation. In the world you're gonna have tests and trials and things that it's just not gonna work. There's gonna be persecution. But he said, But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He said, you know, yes, you're going to have, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But look what it says right here in the very, very first thing that he begins to say. He said, blessed are the, verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. You know, when he's talking to them, he's saying, listen, you guys need a savior. You need a new and be born again. You need this. Thank God that we're not poor in spirit. Listen, if you're born again, you're rich. You've been blessed. You've got the greatest thing. And here's the most wonderful thing in the world. You've exercised your faith for the greatest thing you could ever exercise your faith for. It took the most of your faith to believe in a Savior and to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Everything else is a piece of cake. Healing's a piece of cake. Prosperity is a piece of cake. Everything's easy now because you're a child of God. Now, I know that freaks most Christians out. They go, no, that's not right. No, no, it was easy. No, it wasn't. Because you had to believe in something that you had to believe that God was gonna make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. See, when you truly get born again, it changes your life. Amen. It changes your life. It does, it just changes you. And if it didn't change you, we need to get you, dip you down a little bit farther, a little bit longer. We need to, you know, because you gotta stir up your heart. Amen. He gotta stir it up there. Hallelujah. He said this He said, Blessed are those that mourn, and they shall be comforted. Man, aren't you glad that, man, sorrow may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That joy always comes. That joy always comes. You know, one of the things that we always get, and people always, you guys know my story, but every time, all of my friends and everybody that that does things, you know, we have anniversaries, so it's always a little bit interesting, but everybody says, you know, they always look and say, you just are so stinking happy. And I say, yes, it's not stinking, it's just I'm happy. Why? Because sorrow was there, but joy comes in the morning. God's joy. God turns your morning into dancing. God changes your life. God raises up, glory to God. They say, well, aren't, how could you go through such sorrow? Because I got a Lord and I got a savior, and I know that hallelujah, that Esther is dancing around the throne, and she'd slap me if I was doing it. She would haunt me if I was sad. So I've been really happy, so don't get haunted. I'm really happy and full of joy. He said, how can you do those things? Because I have the joy of the Lord, which is my strength of my life. And he also said, Jesus said, those that mourn, hallelujah, shall be comforted. And it's not just comforted a little bit. Amen. Amen. We've allowed the past to destroy all things and people to, because nobody wants to do the word. Because if you do the word, people get mad at you. Because you have no right. It was so funny because many, many people would tell me back. He said, "Well, you, well yeah, I guess you have a right to be happy. I guess you have a right to be happy." And I just look at him like, "You guess?" <laughs> See, the problem is you're guessing and I know one. see it stirs people up people get like and mace really stirs up religious devils because they they want you to stay in pity they want you to stay in sorrow because they want you to earn it they want you to work for your happiness they want you to you didn't repentance long, you didn't do this you know how long does it take to repent Ask yourself that question, how long? Are we supposed to do like other religions, get on our knees and crawl and go so that we show God how much we care? Or can we truly do what the Bible says and repent and truly be sorry, and God know it, amen? I mean, how long did it take the prodigal son's father when he saw his son to react? The Bible says he ran to him. He ran to him because he saw him. And his son repented and he said, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. I'll just be your slave. I'll just be a servant. And the father didn't even acknowledge that. He received him because his son repented. See, we look at things and we see things. So we don't, do we believe that those that mourn can be comforted? Well, I don't know. You know what they did? <laughs> Listen, God's grace, Jesus' blood is greater than anything you've ever done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You look at the next thing. It says, blessed are the meek, sure they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those that are teachable. Blessed are those that are pliable. Meekness, hallelujah, means that you're teachable. Yes. Remember what Moses said? I'm the meekest man on the face of the earth. And everybody goes, how could he say that? That's so prideful. So things, how could he even say those things? But what he was saying, I'm the most teachable man. Yeah. Amen. Are you teachable? You got to ask yourself those questions. Because why did it say, if you're teachable, you get to inherit the earth. See, our prosperity is tied to our teachableness. It is. It's tied to can we receive, can we actually keep learning and keep growing? See, Jesus said this. Jesus said it. I didn't. This is in red in my Bible. That's why I got my King James. It's right here. It's, here it is. Notice what he says Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Oh, it's so good to be just seeking after being right with God. How many of you know when you're right with God, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing? How many of you, if somebody else says bad things about you, says things, things about you, you just smile and keep moving forward. When you just know what God's doing. Now, you always take inventory. Is there any truth in it? If there isn't, you just throw it away. If there is some, you repent, you correct, and you go on. But you're seeking after righteousness. You're seeking after his right. Remember Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. What are all these things that will be added unto you? All the things that the Gentiles seek after. But you got to read the verse before that it says, don't worry about anything. Don't be concerned about today or about tomorrow. Don't worry about how you're going to eat, how you're going to, don't be worrying about. It. That doesn't mean you don't plan for it. it. doesn't mean you don't do things. It just simply means you don't worry about it. You're not frustrated about things. You're not so concerned about tomorrow that you forget about today. Amen. You know, in, in, the, in the word of God, it talks about that we're supposed to, Jesus said, if you're my disciples, you'll do what I say. Isn't it amazing that God just simply wrote these things down, and Jesus taught his disciples, and isn't it funny that after three and a half years, finally at the end of this, he says something, and they go, oh, you know, you are talking plainly now. We, we, I think we're getting it. Remember what Jesus says? you just not getting it. <laughs> Three and a half years, and you're finally—it's dawning on you. You know Jesus had to die in faith. (laughs) These guys all quit, except John. And but then John went with them. See, John was—you know—he wrote his—you know—he wrote the book of John. He's awesome. What did John say about himself? does he? I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. (laughs) Come on, John. (laughs) And he got that from Peter when Peter leaves to say, hey, listen, he likes you better than me. You ask him. <laughs> and you remember that at the end of John 20, Jesus is telling Peter, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? three times because Peter denied him three times. So he's getting him back back in the things. And Peter's like, Lord, you know, you know, and Peter's just really upset. And all of a sudden Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus and looks and sees John coming. He said, Well, what about him? You just told me how I'm gonna die. You just told me about this, and you're, you know, you're making me I, you know, I what about him? And what does Jesus say? What if I want him to live forever? You're gonna die, but he's gonna get to live forever. Now don't just like you know, all of a sudden, guess what? I'm gonna you're gonna get millions of dollars and you get none. <laughs> you know, it's like why well, that's not fair. But what did Jesus say? What is that to you? What about him? Who cares? See, we look at these things. But see, God put us all on the same playing field that we can take hold of this. We can seek first the kingdom of God. We can honor God. He said, listen, our our hearts desire, first of all, we're poor in spirit. We are not poor because we've made Jesus the Lord of our life. Hallelujah. Getting born again. We want to be a follower of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank God. And if we have mourning, which we're going to have setbacks, we're going to have, but thank God. Hallelujah. God's going to turn us around. Amen. Look at the next thing he said here real quick. It says that blessed are the merciful because they're going to get mercy. Oh, I love that. I remember the first time I read that when I was a little kid. I didn't really understand what it was. But man, the first time I read that when I knew what mercy was, I said, I need mercy. I'm going to give mercy to everybody I meet because I need mercy. The Bible says "What well, you sow what you reap. If I sow mercy, I'm going to get mercy and I'm going to need a lot of mercy. That was one of the, I mean, man, that was, you know, that was the best. Thank God for Grace. But I love mercy. See, grace is God's ability in us to do the things that we cannot do of ourselves. God's working with us. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. (laughs) See, I've opened my mouth and I've done things and I've messed up. Now, I know you're all perfect. You never mess up because I just, I pastor the perfect church. But the key is, you know, God allows you you to see all my mistakes so you guys can learn from them. But the the key is, hallelujah, is to understand if you want mercy in your life, you got to sow mercy. And we need it. Amen. We need these things. Then he says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Isn't that an interesting statement? How do you know when you're pure in your heart? Well, you know, if you're born again, you've made Jesus the Lord of your heart, Lord of your life, that within the heart, talking about the spirit, man, it's perfect unto God. But how do you begin to have in here? And when when the Bible talks about things, you know, Paul said this, he said, I have a conscience that's void of offense. My conscience is clean and clear. And yet Paul was a murderer. Paul was the one that ordered Stephen's death. They threw all their coats at his feet while he was watching them throw rocks. He killed the first martyr. Paul had letters, Paul had put so many people in prison. I mean, he was the number one terrorist of the day for the church. That's why when Ananias was there and God said, hey, listen, I want you to go to this street called Straight because Saul of Tarsus is there and he's praying and he's seen in a vision that a man named Ananias has come to that he might receive his sight. And what Ananias said, said, Lord, I've heard of this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got let He's going to he can put me in jail if I go over there. You know, he said, no, you got to go because I'm going to show him what he's got to do and all the things he's going to do and all the things that he must suffer. Amen. I mean, thank God for faith. Uh, of a believer named Ananias, who was just a believer, was not, he wasn't anybody, he wasn't a disciple, but he was a believer. And he went and did it, and he laid his hands on Saul that you might receive, and that you might be filled with the Holy Ghost, and he got filled. You know, if we see these things here, we see what happens, is that we see God, but Paul said this, I've got a conscience that's totally clear. Remember what Paul also said? He said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I was the worst sinner. I'm a great example. In fact, I'm the best example of being a sinner you can find. And so that makes everybody else can do bits better. And yet, he didn't let anything of his past stop him. Not one thing. Not one thing. Isn't that amazing? That he could go. And I mean, and and hey, now, now, lest you say it, let's say, yeah, I know, but that was before Christ, you know, but I I just messed up after I got saved. It has been so terrible. We know. How about Paul? How about Paul? Him and Barnabas get in a big riff, and they blow up the ministry go over, over, over the nephew Marcus here and say, forget you. You're, you're, you know, I don't want to know he's a wimp. He can't do it. Paul just destroys and goes and gets, you know, Silas. And then they go to the next place and Paul and Silas get thrown in jail. You know? Everybody wants to be Paul's friend. He goes to jail all the time. I say, Paul, that's not a good person to be with. You know? But we see this. We see there was something. And then later on, what do we see? Paul saying, hey, bring Mark because He's profitable. How many you know Mark would not have been profitable if he have stuck around Paul? <laughs> See, sometimes you've got you to be separated in order to be profitable from people. Because how many of you know that Peter said, my beloved son in the faith is Mark? Don't you just love Peter who said, Paul don't like you, but I want you. Because <laughs> I'm not too crazy about Paul either. Let's do this. <laughs> Because you remember what Peter said, right? Peter said in the Word of God, he said, our beloved brother Paul, who who writes in his letters, many of the things he says is really hard to understand. Y'all read your Bible, right? (laughs) So we're 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 still talking about what Jesus said, but see, what do we have to understand here? When you're pure in heart, it just means you have a conscience that doesn't bother you. And you have a pure in heart means that you love God purely with everything that you have. Because when it says here, the pure in heart, we're going to get to see God. We're going to get to see God do what he needs to do in our lives. How many of you know that that's what God wants? God wants this amazing relationship with you. Remember what Jesus said in John 17, verse 3. He said, this is eternal life, knowing the one true God. So this is eternal life, knowing God. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to know him intimately. wants you to know about him. wants you to know, be able to grab a hold of him. Hallelujah! Just take hold of what he has. Notice what it goes on to say. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Aren't you glad that we're supposed to be peacemakers, not troublemakers? Amen. Amen. And we are. But we're supposed to stand up for righteousness and truth. Amen. See, in order to bring peace sometimes, you got to deal with things. Amen. All right? Hallelujah! Glory to God. Amen. And then it says, blessed are they that are persecuted. For righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How many of you know that we're being persecuted for our beliefs and what we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? How many of you know that what happens is, is that we see things that uh, uh, the enemy is always trying to do, but God has called us, hallelujah, glory to God, to allow him to be seen in the world today. God's called you and I to be 11th-hour workers, I mean, I believe Jesus is coming back. Somebody says, when? I don't know exactly when. I've got, we, everybody has their own timetable. Everybody has their own time things. I got all kinds of things in my head. You know, I love, you know, to calculate and do things. It's always good to speculate, but it's nothing but speculation and hoping. Praise God. But the Bible says we're going to take the word of God, and we are going to endure till the end. We are going to walk this out. We're not going to worry about our life. We're going to go. We're going to move. We're going to allow God to be God. Go to Matthew chapter 7, if you would. I got seven pages of notes, so I'm not going to get done with this. We're probably going to have part two on Jesus said, uh, if if the Lord will let me. You know, I I have so many extra pages of notes that you never get. I, I enjoy it so much. You know, I enjoy it. Matthew chapter seven. Matthew chapter seven. This is one of my favorite verses here in Matthew chapter seven and verse seven because I love to talk to God, and I love to ask God all kinds of things. I do. I have faith conversations with God all the time. Even? And uh, what do you mean by faith conversations with God? Well, I go in, I talk, and then I listen to wait till he talks, because prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. And I wait till he speaks to my heart. He doesn't speak audibly. He speaks to my heart, then brings things up. I say, okay, I know that, but what about this? We have great conversations, and the reason that it becomes a real blessing in the conversation is I learn a lot. You know, for by listening. But I learn a lot also because I always take up his word to and say, Well, but if you said this, if this is what it means, then I wanna I wanna have all this. You know, because I want what the word of God wants. I want if God if this is so, this is what If this is so, then I want it. If this is so, then I want it. See, I don't want it to consume it upon my own Less, I want it so I can be a blessing to others. I want a revelation of it so that I can receive it and give it to others. I want it. I want to do these things here. But in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus said this He said, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and everyone that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. He says, or what man is is there of you which his son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like that. He says there, what he says is he says that if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? Everybody say, how much more? <laughs> we, we, we don't even know how much that is. It's just beyond ours. Shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? You know, Luke said to give the Holy Spirit. Well, if you get the Holy Spirit, that's the greatest thing. Praise God. Jesus said, that it's imperative that I go because I'm going to give you another comforter just like me. Hallelujah. I'm going to give good things to them that ask. How you know we have not because we ask not? Amen? What happens? So Jesus said, he, here's the thing about it. If you just look through and look what Jesus said for us to do, he told us how to live this life fully to its fullness. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I want to live this life to its fullness. I don't care what anybody says. I don't walk in fear. I never have and never will. I never walk in fear. Hallelujah. Because fear hath torment. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to walk believing. I'm going to walk in what God says to do. Let's do this. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you're there. We got to verse 12. Jump down if you would to verse 24. Matthew 7, 24. Yeah, you know I can preach for hours on each one of these little points. And really expound on them and dig into them. But you know, I just want to get across to you that Jesus said things for us. And, I'm, you know, if Jesus said it, don't you think it's important? Yes. I mean, you know, if, if God says one thing or God says things, you know, and if he, if he says it once, I know about my... See, I grew up in a, in, in a household where my dad only said things once. And if you didn't get it the first time, there was consequences. Now, he didn't, ever, he didn't do everything right at all because he, he would say it once, if he didn't do it, you know... He got lifted up off the ground by your hair. You know, he'd have gotten in all kinds of trouble nowadays. People would have had all kinds of traumas. You know. You know. Most people got spankings when they were growing up. I got good old-fashioned whippings. Okay. They were events. I can remember those. Did I deserve them? Absolutely, yes. You know, but that's beside the point. <laughs> it, but, you know, the thing about it is, is that I learned I learned, and I and I'm so grateful for that. I am so grateful for that, because it helped me to understand when God said it. It was easy to grasp. It was easy to grasp a hold of things and say, "Here's here's what we're going to do," because God said it. But here's the thing about it: if my dad had to say it twice, oh my! If he said it three times, life was over. (laughs) It's done. (laughs) You know, it was. We were. We were just. You know. If he said it three times, then usually all three of us, you know, I had three older. It was the three older, and then my two younger ones were a lot younger. But if we were done. We knew that if he had to say it you know, that way, we were all, all out. We were just done. Well, Jesus said a lot of things, and he began to reiterate things, and he began to share things because he was trying to get it into his disciples. Hey, listen to this. And this is what he says in verse 24. He said, therefore, whatso- whosoever, not whatsoever, whosoever that means you and I, therefore whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that rock, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell on and it fell and great was the fall of it. Which simply means you got two people sitting in the same church hearing the same word. But one's a doer of the word, one's not a doer. One's falling and says that doesn't work and the other one says, oh yes it does because you just got to do it. You got to take hold of the word of God. See, Jesus told us to do something. Why was, He was getting us ready to receive. He was trying to build into his, his apostles so that when they went out to preach the gospel, amen, when they went out to share, when they had to go to every... Because you know that every disciple was martyred, killed for their faith. See, that's what makes this book so amazing is every disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ went to and, and evangelized nations. Hallelujah. They did that and they died for what they believed in which is like, wow, years later, 30, 40 years later, these people still believe it. Still believe it enough to die for it. Isn't that amazing? Now, we believe it, you know, and then if it doesn't work, we go, "Ah, I we don't believe that that much. (laughs) Come on. Don't want to get to meddling. We're going to be good. Hallelujah. How many of you know that Jesus said also, he said this in Mark chapter four, it just came up in my spirit. He said, you gotta be careful what you hear. See, right now, this day and age, we've gotta be more careful what we're listening to, what we're putting into us, what we're hearing. We've gotta be careful about what we hear more than anything else right now. Listen, you need to be selective in your hearing. And the word of God's gotta override everything you hear. Amen. Because in Mark 4, 24, 25, he said, Be careful what you hear, because if you're not careful what you hear, that which you have will be taken away from you. And then Luke, I think Luke 8, I think Luke 18 says you gotta be careful how you hear. See, how you hear is attitude. What you hear is content. How many know you can hear with a wrong wrong attitude and hear with a wrong head, and you can it mess you up? And the devil will do that. See, that's where you gotta guard your heart. You got to guard your heart. You got to make sure that you're not you're frustrated or mad. And listen, blowing somebody else's candle out does not brighten yours. So saying how terrible somebody is to try to make yourself look better ain't going to work. You know, I mean, us guys, we have a right to blame our wives because Adam did. So we got one thing's there. So it's like, hey, just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding, just kidding. You're all getting a little too serious there. But... uh, <laughs> But we do anyways, but it's a situation to work. So I was just going to let you guys listen. You got to take ownership. Amen? You got to take ownership of some things. You got to take ownership of some things because if we'll take ownership of this, then we'll know, hey, wait a minute, I got to do what... And, and you know, I've had people come to me and say, well, Pastor, how do I do the Word? How do I do it? How do I... How do I read this and I go, man, isn't that great? But how does this, isn't, you know, how do I do the word? Well, Jesus said this, you know, when, the, when they came to him and said, uh, they said, well, we want to do the works of God. How do we do the works of God? And what did Jesus say to them in John chapter six? He said, You believe on the Son of God. He said, You believe that I am the Son of God, that I am the bread of life, that you believe on me. See, so the key to, to doing the Word of God, first and foremost, is you believe that what Jesus said is absolutely true and that what he said is speaking to you and you can do it. See, this is Jesus saying, ask. He said, hey, Mark, you ask and it'll be given you. If you seek, you shall find. And if you knock, it is going to be open. So I do a lot of asking, a lot of seeking, and a lot of finding and a lot of knocking. I said, well, I did that. It didn't work. Well, if you'll repent for lying and then go back and do it right, it'll be okay. It's kind of like in James when it says, if you resist the devil, he'll flee. Someone said, well, I tried to resist and he didn't flee. I said, well, Jesus said, the Bible says that if you resist, he flees. See, I just take this as the truth of the word of God. And when you take the word of God, It changes. It changes everything about it. Now, I know Jesus is talking to his disciples. Here's what he's doing. Almost all of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is all what they remember Jesus telling them. Amen? Jesus telling them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We see this, but we also see Jesus is trying to get across to them. Listen, if you believe Because you remember in Matthew chapter 8? We haven't even got there yet. I'm just preaching right now. We're having good. But in Matthew chapter 8, remember the centurion? Or even before that, remember Jesus comes down and, and, and a, a leper comes to him and says, Lord, if you will, you can heal me. If you want to, you could heal me. Jesus said, I will. I love looking that up. One translation it says, It would be my pleasure. Why? Because he came to Jesus saying, If you will, what is your will concerning my life? My will concerning your life is that you be whole, that you be well. Amen. Remember, he goes on down that the centurion says, hey, you know, I've got my servant that's sick at my house. And Jesus says, I'll come to your house. Now, all of us would have said, oh, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. But what did the centurion say? Oh, man, no, no, no. You don't have to come. You don't have to come at all. He said, I'm a man of authority. When I tell this one, go there, he goes. I tell this one, come, he comes. All you got to do is speak it. And it'll happen. Now Jesus wasn't—he wasn't impressed much, but he was impressed, and he—the Bible says he marvelled. It made him stop, and t- he said, "Whoa!" He had all of his disciples with him. He said, "Listen, there is—I've not seen so great faith. No, not in all of Israel. That means all you bunch of backslidden buzzers behind me here, bunch of doubting, doubting—you guys been with? me Look what, hear what the man said." He said, just speak the word. Amen. Just speak the word. He said, you just speak the word and my servant will be healed. I mean, then he goes on and he makes this incredible statement, but he said, hey, be it unto you according to your faith. He said, and the servant was healed from that same hour. Isn't it funny that it never once says, okay, your servant's healed. In fact, Jesus didn't even speak, speak. he just said, Be it unto your faith. He said, Well, I, I believe that my servant's healed, so be fine. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We, we look at these things and we see these things and we go, well, Isn't that a great story in the Bible? But did you ever put yourself into the Bible? See, see, in my gospel, it says, in John chapter 1, it, it says this. When it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, I crossed out John and put Mark. I didn't cross it out. I underlined it John, but I put Mark on top of it. I understand what they're saying, but it, I make my, my Bible personal in a sense of knowing, God, you sent me. You've anointed. You called me. You're the one that brought me. You're the one that brought me here. You're the one that got me to be here. I want to be here because of you. Amen. Hallelujah. That's my heart. That's my desire. That's what God said. Hallelujah. It's so vitally, vitally important that we understand this. And here is something I want to get to. So go to Matthew chapter 9 with me. And I'm going to kind of close this thing right up. Like I said, we're not going to get there. We're only on halfway down page 2. So... I'm just, like I said, just sharing, just talking, because I want you to get this. Jesus is just sharing. And I, I, I had a dream, which is really weird. I don't really go by dreams. My wife usually has all the dreams, very vivid. All the, I don't usually I, don't, I usually don't have any dreams. I usually just sleep so good. It takes me about two minutes to go to sleep, maybe seconds. I mean that. It's just I go to sleep, bam, bam, because I, I, I'm going all done. I'm like the ever-ready bunny, but if you can hold me down for a few seconds, I will crash. Okay, so it's like, hey, let's do this. But uh, anyways, I had a dream and I dreamed I was up in heaven. I was, I wasn't, I don't know if I was up in heaven, but I was teaching. Funny thing about it, everybody that I was teaching has already gone to heaven. And I was teaching them about, listen, you know, God gave every one of you a brain, but you have the choice to what mind you're going to have. And, uh, and with that, and then I was sharing about this because you can choose to have the mind of Christ because the Bible says that we got the mind of Christ. So if you're going to have the mind of Christ, you need to see what Jesus said so you know how to think. And I'm teaching this, I mean, just teaching. And I'm looking at all these guys and I'm thinking, hey, well, you're in heaven and you're, I mean, I know they're in heaven, but I mean, they're all like agreeing there saying amen. And I'm like, this is a pretty cool class. <laughs> you know, and, uh, uh, but God was just endeavoring, and that's kind of where this kind of multiplied from, because he just said, Jesus said, Jesus said, and it just kind of kept what Jesus said, Jesus said some things, amen, and so I thought, well, I'm just going to go through the Bible, go through the, you know, the Gospels, and just see all that Jesus said, Wow, you do realize that seven pages isn't enough to what Jesus said, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah, you know. But you just go through and eat what He said and what He was doing, but and, and take out highlights, but realizing, and He said this to us so we could receive it. But here in Matthew chapter nine, verse thirty-five, because this is where we're at today, folks. Matthew chapter nine and verse thirty-five says this. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Father, just begin to unveil to me and just do things on the inside. Listen, folks, we are at a position now. We are the laborers, okay, that are being sent forth. We are those 11th hour laborers. We're going to get the same thing that he gave. But we've got to grab a hold of this and realize we've got to pray. We ask and continually ask God to send forth laborers into his harvest. You know, as we have people coming and just the Higginbothams are precious, precious folks. I mean, they've been in Thailand they, for many, many, many years, many years. I mean, over 20 some odd years. But also there's some things that are going on. They've been going into to Myanmar, which used to be Burma, that things that are taking place. I mean, we don't hear this on the news, but they're going through there and they're killing all the Christians. They're destroying all kinds of things that are happening. And, uh, and because I've been there and, and ministered there and stuff with a lot of those folks and hearing and seeing. Uh, and yet the hand of God, of what God's doing there, that we, we need it. We know our, and our country needs it just as bad as their country needs it. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm just sharing with you that we need to be laborers. We need to be ready to give an answer to every man that asks the reason of the hope that's within us. And here's one of the reasons we don't do a lot of those things is we don't reach out like we should is because we don't know that God will turn our mourning into dancing. We don't know that if we come to God, he'll take our hurts and our pains. You know, Jesus also said this. He said in Matthew chapter 11, he said, come unto me, all you that are laden and are heavy burden, and I'll give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you Amen. For my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Amen. Thank God he wants it to be light and easy on your life so that you can help others and take care of the others. Amen. That's God's plan. That's God's heart. Hallelujah. It's so much that we've got to take hold of. Amen. Hallelujah. He keeps playing. I'm going to keep preaching. That's good stuff. Keep playing, Scott. Don't stop. Hallelujah. I love that. Hallelujah. It just cranks my tractor. It does good. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's my heart. It's the heart of the Father. It's the heart of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because you remember what Jesus also said in Luke 5 and also in Matthew 9. Remember he was there and the Bible says that the power of the Lord was present to heal. And they lowered this man down. They ripped the roof off. They lowered him down in there. Glory to God. Jesus looks at the man and he says, your sins are forgiven. And it freaks out everybody there. They're all upset and mad. How dare you? And then Jesus says, how come you're thinking evil in your heart? He said, what's easier? What's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven or take up your bed and walk? He said, it's the same. It's easy. The son of man has power to forgive sins on the earth. So you'll know this. He said. To, he says to the man, take up your bed and walk. And the man was instantly healed. And they didn't understand. They were like, wow, they marveled at the authority and the power. But you need to understand that we have the authority and the power to talk to people. We have the authority and the power to bring life in a good way, not a bad way. Amen. God's hand, God's plan. It is. See, so we look at this and we think it's hard. No, no, no. It's just being you. Be happy. I got more, you know, when you're happy and you're not afraid and you're full of, you people run up to you and talk to you. I know I have this pastoral face, I guess. That's why I tried to grow this I wouldn't. But I still do. So it's like, hey. But uh, no, there's a no story behind that. But anyways, it's this But anyways, what I'm saying to you is that, listen, this is the finest hour. We're going to do what Jesus said and we're going to receive what he has for us. Because folks, this is the greatest time in all the world to be alive is right now. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, I do pray. I pray for all these and all those that are watching. I just pray. Father, make us laborers that can go forth into your harvest so that we can share and and share the love of Jesus across every line, Father. Lord, just give us boldness. Give us boldness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give us boldness, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, because you've given us influence in people's lives. And Father, you've also given us the assurance that you will honor our faith and you will back us up and your will confirm your word with signs following. That's what you said you would do. You said you would confirm your word. You'll do your part if we'll do our part, hallelujah. Father, thank you for that. We thank you that Jesus told us some things that we want to take hold of. So we're going to take hold of it, Father. Lord, thank you for this amazing group of folks. I love Harvest Bible Church. They're so precious, so wonderful. Lord, thank you for you called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. And now, Lord, if there's anyone here that just came in needing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior... And if you are here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you're here and you know about Jesus, but you've never really made him your Savior, or you want to come back to God, you just want to come back and make sure. You want to come make sure. You want to make sure. You want to know that if you died today, you'd make heaven and miss hell. And so if you're here and you need to know that, raise your hand real high. And if you're watching, you need to do that. Amen. Amen, I see that hand. It's okay to rededicate your life and to say, you know what, I just want to know those things. Make sure that I am. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we were believing, you know, if we just confess with our mouth, the Lord actually says this, if we will confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, many times we can miss it and say, you know what, I don't even feel like I'm saved anymore. But that's all you got to just say, Father, I repent. I love you. Your word says this. And so it says, if I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, I shall be saved. Father, you said, if I would confess my sins, that you would forgive me of my sins and that you would cleanse me of all unrighteousness, all guilt and all shame. Hallelujah. It's covered under the blood of Jesus. It seems so simple, but so profound. When you mean it, when you say, Lord, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. Hallelujah. He does his forgiveness, his forgiveness. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, Father God. I just thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, let us be doers of the word and not hearers only. Hallelujah. So, Father, we honor you today. Thank you, Father. That when You know, the Bible declares that we, when we're testing our heart, we, write, we move forward and receive all that you have. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. Father, I just thank you and praise you. We love you. We praise you now. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen.